morning, we are going to dive into the last chapter of the book of John. Again, we've gone into each and every uh, each and every verse of this chapter. We discussed and kind of dissected a lot of different things. Uh, I know for, for many, for myself included, really before I did this study on my own, I oftentimes would read the story of Jonah, or know the story of Jonah, and, and there is a great fish, and he, he ran, and he fled, and he got into a boat, and he got tossed over, and he got swallowed by a fish, and he was spit up on the, on the shore, and then there was a great revival, and then he goes, and this door comes, and gets kind of dried up, and withered, and eaten by a worm, and all these things are kind of were done. And I just started studying and looking into the book of Jonah, and as I was doing my own study prior to um, doing this as a series, I just, I, I kept saying to myself, I'm Jonah. And I just, over and over in my mind as I was reading, I just kept going, wow, that's me. That's me. That's me. And you go, wait, you're a pastor, you don't know what No, I am. Jonah's a prophet, so... Uh, but we're, we're human beings just like John. And oftentimes in our Christian lives, we know we're supposed to do X, Y, or Z. And because out of fear or because of whatever else it is, we kind of decide like John to go as far as we can in complete opposite direction. And now, granted, if you have this story, please see me after church. I'm going to sit down with you. We haven't been swallowed by a fish and spit up anywhere. Like I said, if you've had that experience, I would want to discuss that with you, because that would be just a cool story here. But we didn't get that. But our fish may have been something else. It was a circumstance. It was all these different things. And so throughout the course of this series, to me personally, the theme has been just, I am drawn. I have ran. I have fled. Then I have seen God do incredible things. And then I got angrier. Then this happened. That happened. And then I... I don't understand it. So that's kind of what the theme has been for me personally, and I pray that it's encouraged you. I know I've been encouraged by many of your uh, emails or messages or responses back to me throughout the series. But this morning we're going to talk about Jonah and his selfishness. Have you ever known anybody to be selfish? I'm sure none of you would say I'm a selfish person, but have you ever known anybody? I'm sure we have. You have kids? And you know somebody that was selfish. We've all gone through those phases. I have four children. They're all in the midst of that phase right now. I shouldn't say all of them, but especially the younger one. What are they? Like the first words people say are, no, but mine. Right? You're a baby. It's like, no, mine. It's the only thing people that we learn to say as a kid. But you, get, you go through those phases of life with children where it's, no, mine, 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 mine. And you didn't see the toy for six years. And now all of a sudden, some point of your other one's got it out. And the next thing you know, wait, that's mine too. So we go through all those phases. But we're not really talking about that with Jonah this morning. I don't look at Jonah as selfish in the sense of everything had to be mine, 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 mine. But I look at Jonah as selfish in the, maybe it's a little bit different way, or I don't know, we'll look at this, but he wasn't saying that everything was his. But Jonah was selfish in, if you go to the very beginning, God said, Jonah, arise and go. And we know, we've discussed it over the course of a number of weeks, Jonah was angry. Jonah didn't like the Ninevites. 
Jonah didn't want anything to do with Nineveh because they were bad, mean people to him and his people. So I ain't going to them. So we know the story. Jonah gets on a boat. In the middle of the storm, what was Jonah doing? He was sleeping at the bottom. Jonah knew what he needed to do. He knew he was in the wrong. He knew all those things. Why? Because when they came and shook him at the bottom, they said, why don't you pray to your God? Jonah never prayed. He goes to the top. Eventually, we know what happens. They, they ask him, hey, what, what do we do now? He said, it's my fault. You need to take him from your All this time, could you imagine being one of those Americans? You have tossed all your stuff over. You have emptied the boat of all the weight that you need. And now all of a sudden the guy stands up and goes, Hey, I just throw me overboard and this thing will stop. Wait a second. Why didn't you tell me that when I got out of the boat? Why are you from the bottom of the boat sleeping? Now he's a selfish man. Then he goes in and he goes into the water. Sinks to the bottom and gets swallowed up by the fish. All along. Selfish. Selfish man. All because of one thing. Jonah did not want to see the grace that God had given to him be shown to the people that he didn't think deserved the grace of God. Jonah was selfish. All for the sake of well, if you were to stop, I'd love you to go ask Jonah that question. Did you think you deserved a second chance? Well, but I wasn't as bad as those people. They were angry, vicious. They hurt people. They killed people. They did all these things. I didn't do all that. But yet, in my sin and what you did, you deserve a second chance? That question, yo, but we do the same thing oftentimes in our lives. We're very selfish at the same point. Why? Because I don't like that neighbor. I don't like this guy. Or I don't like that. Or I don't like how he treated me. Or I don't like how that happened. We can look all across. You guys watch the news. If the pastor fails in any form, anything, what's on all the news? Pastor fail. Pastor fail. What do we do oftentimes? He has no right to do anything in the ministry. We kick him out. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, did God give you a second chance? Yeah. So I bet you God can transform that man's heart. And are there punishments often because of our failure? Yes, absolutely. You may not be able to do the same thing that you've done in the past because of a decision that you made, but Jonah was angry because God said, hey, over there and tell those people. I don't know about you, but I think the story would have been incredible if it would have ended last week. Right? The great revival, one of the greatest revivals probably ever recorded in history. Over 600,000 people repent, repent, turn to Christ. A wicked, wicked, wicked generation of people that all turned and gave themselves to Christ. Some of those things. We're going to take a look at Jonah. We're going to take a look at his name. 
stand with me for the reading of God's Word this morning. We're going to read the entire book of John, book, not to read the entire book of John, the entire chapter, verse number, chapter number 4. Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in thy, in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest repent thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city, sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a door and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the Lord. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and it smote the Lord that had withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted, and wished himself to die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the Lord? And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it to grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. Verse 11, should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for who you are. What I ask is you to be with us. Lord, that you would speak through me this morning. Lord, that those listening would hear, to you would touch and change lives. It's in your name that I pray. And you may be seated. Thank you. So we see in Jonah chapter 4, the very first thing, it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. I've got a number of points this morning, but the first point is Jonah and God. Jonah dealing with God. And the first few verses of this chapter here deal with Jonah and God kind of going back and forth a little bit. It says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Here's what I'm going to, we'll start with this this morning, but there are times where all of us have to deal with God. I would assume in your life, just like in my life, there's been times where you've had to kind of go sit down and have that little discussion with God. God, I don't like this. God, why did you do that? God, I really don't like you right now. And we go through all of these questions because of a circumstance, because of a situation, because of a death in the family, because of a financial situation. But whatever the circumstance or situation is, we get to a place and it's, it's that, I got to deal with God moment. Many of us have been there. We deal with it with emotions. For some, it may be tears. For some, it may be anger. For some, it's frustration. But we go through a, a, a lot of different stages when it comes to hurt and healing. I can think of 
just dealing with people, maybe at the loss of a loved one. You go through the stage of kind of shock for some Then you go from there, you go to another stage, and then you go to another stage, and all of the human process, each one is different, but we go through a lot of different stages. You go from shock, there's anger that's involved, there's just deep depression for some, there's all kinds of different stages that go with the hurts and feelings from a loss to maybe it's just a forgiveness issue with you and a spouse or a friend or a family member or something else. But we go through stages in the emotion of hurt and anger, depending on our circumstance and personalities. But Jonah was dealing with anger. It says in verse 1, it displeased Jonah exceedingly. He was angry. Now, if we go back and we look at the word anger, we look at that word in the, in the Hebrew, not not one that does all those things because I but I was reading, this just kind of jumped out at me this week as I was studying. The word anger in the Hebrew means to boil or to burn. I never realized that when you get angry, you say, oh, it burns me, right? A lot of people say different things, whatever. That's what it means. Jonah was just burnt. He was ticked off. I've had enough. God, why did you do this? And here's what is incredible about the whole thing. Jonah was angry because it was people repenting and turning to God. What? He was a prophet. He was a preacher. He went to Nineveh and he preached. Let me share with you this right now. If every one of you had a genuine repentance and you broke down and came to this altar today, I'm not going to get angry. Let the all the 600,000 people do something similar. We go to Las Vegas and the whole strip, we run out the whole thing, and there's people piled up the whole strip, we have the big speakers and the screens all over the place, and God's called me to preach the Bible in Las Vegas. And if everybody in Las Vegas turns and repents to God, I'm not going to go, God, I hate you! That's basically what Jonah did. Because he said, those people don't deserve this. They're wicked. They're nasty. Jonah didn't understand. In verse 2, it kind of explains all of this. It says, He prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet, uh, when I was yet in my country? God, didn't I tell you this from the beginning? It's basically what he said. This is why I fled to Tarshish to begin with. He said, Because I knew that you're a gracious God. I knew that you're merciful. I know that you're slow to anger, and you have great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. God, here's why I ran. I knew if I went to Nineveh, and I told them to repent, and they did it, you would love them and bring them in. And I didn't want to see them. How about that? That's what he said in verse 2. He prays to God, God. I know you're gracious, I know you're merciful, I know you're kind, and I know you're love, I know you're forgive, I know all these things, and why did you go in the first place? Now you've done it. I'm 
beseech thee my life from thee, for it is better for me to die than to live. Man. Jonah had a moment with God. Have you ever had that moment with God? I'm looking around here, and I know many stories of many people that are in this room. I know many hurts that are going on in your families. I know many sickness. I know many things that are going on in this room. Some of you I have no idea. But I look around and I can think of so many of you who have packed that in the last six months to a year. I said, God, what in the world are you doing? And I tell you, you're looking at one of them that has said, God, are you sure? Are you really sure that you have a clue what's going on? I sat in my office this morning and I wept like a little baby. I'm sorry I'm confessing to you. And I said, God, this is so much bigger than me. I can't do it. Let's be honest. God, are, are you sure? You really know what you're doing. That's what John said. God, you know what? I'm just as good dead. I'm angry. I'm ticked off. I'm upset. I don't understand. I don't like those people. And yet, this is what you're doing in your life. Hey, look around you. Look at your families. Look at the situations, whatever it would be. Can you look to somebody in their life and you say, I really don't like you? And it burns me to see that they're getting better because they've repented or they've tried to be Did you not hear me? No, I didn't hear you. 
out of the whole entire class, you're being stopped, but you didn't hear me. I don't know, I didn't hear something. There's Jonah again. Right? Verse 4, then said the Lord, who is thou about to be angry? We don't see in verse 5 that Jonah replies. We see in verse 5, so Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There made him a booth or a shack, basically, and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. Verse 6, and the Lord God prepared a board and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be for it, it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the Lord. Now let me just say this. We have gone through chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. We're in six verses in chapter 4. Yet to see Jonah excited. What does Jonah get excited about? Sitting in his shack, and he got a little shade tree that popped up. Not that 600,000 people in the entire city of Nineveh turns and repents to God. Not that he was at the bottom of an ocean and God sent a fish and he repented and he spit him out. Not any of those things. But there was a shade tree that popped up overnight and now I'm excited. What is wrong with this guy? He's a prophet. He's a preacher. Sees the greatest revival of all. Gets angry. He leaves the city. God provides him a shade leaf. Basically, it's all it was. The Lord is, you look it up, it's just a big leaf, basically. And he has shade. Oh, I'm exceedingly glad. What? Come on. Let me ask you this. How many times in your life? This is where, again, this section right here, four to eight, got me probably more than the whole rest of the chapter. How many times in my life have I gotten exceedingly glad, or I've gotten excited, or I've just jumped for joy over something that I knew was temporary, something that I knew wasn't the actual fix, something that really, really, really wasn't going to fix anything, that was the thing that gave me pleasure for a short time. You may have lost a job all of a sudden. Somebody just says, hey, I want to bless you and here's some money. What do we do? We go blow that money. Now you don't have anything. We got all these things and then we're back up. We do all this stuff, or God provides this, or God provides that. God provided that. Gave him temporary relief. And he took it away. Jonah was about again. Angry. Why? Because God took away something that God gave him that he didn't deserve to begin with. How many times do we get angry at God because he gave us something that he took it away? We didn't deserve it to begin with. There's Jonah all again. He goes up and down and up and down and up and down. But we see Jonah in this chapter, in this, this passage of scripture here. Verse 7 it says, right after, so Jonah was exceeding glad of the Lord, but God prepared a worm when, this, when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the Lord that had been. 
And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah. And then he fainted and wished to himself to die. Here he is again. God will take me, ready to die. It is better for me to die than to live. Jonah just pulled one of those moments that as a parent or boss or anything where you ask somebody a question, they don't respond to you, and then you're like, so Jonah initially pulls one of those. He says, you know what? I'm going to take my ball. I'm going to leave. Because I don't got my way. And I'm going to go outside of the city of Nineveh. And here's what Jonah basically said. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch because I don't believe for 40 days that these people are really going to give themselves back to God. And I'm going to watch from outside of the city for the next 40 days this city destroy itself. That's what Jonah did. Or he thought he was going to do. He got mad. He took his ball and he ran into his feet. Now he is outside of the city, built himself a little hut, a little shack, watching what's going on. All comfy. God provides him with the shade. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here. Those people are going to destroy themselves. They're not going to do it. And I'm going to laugh when they die. At this point in my study, I started to go, wow. Because I've seen it firsthand. Where things haven't gone somebody's way, and they say, you know what? I don't like what just took place, and I'm just going to stop doing what I'm doing. I'm because I don't think anything's going to happen. This is going to all come. And I'm just going to sit back and watch it. I'm going to stop giving. I'm going to stop serving. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop that. And I'm just going to sit back because this can't happen. Because we got to a place of discomfort. Jonah got to a place of discomfort. Let me just share. If God works on your heart, you are going to be in a place of discomfort. It's not going to be easy. Jonah's life wasn't easy when he started to say, God, I don't do anything. God, I don't do anything. God, I don't do this. God, I don't do that. And if you start saying that, let me just share with you. Now, I'm not saying this to scare you off, but it isn't going to be easy. You surrender to God and say, God, I'm done with this thing. 
how many times I've heard people say, you know what, I'm never going back to church again because that happened. Wait a second. Wait a second. So you're not going back to church because somebody did something that you didn't approve of. So you're going to tell God, Jonah was in the belly of the 
great fish, a whale, whatever you want to call it, but a great fish, he was burnt by the acids of this stomach. Have you ever been sunburned and then went back out the sun? Doesn't feel good. So put yourself in Jonah's shoes. Jonah is now angry because God didn't do what he wanted or did what he said he would do. Jonah is angry. He built his shack. He gave him shade. Could you imagine the relief of shade on Jonah's body having just been fried from acid and now the sun is just beating up. The wind is coming. At that point, I probably would be angry. But Jonah had all of these things. He probably had a little bit of a reason to be upset. He didn't like it. But here's, here's, and I'm done with this one. God, if you go through this passage here, Jonah built himself a booth, is what it said. Or a shack, or however you look at it. God prepared a door. God took away the door. What was Jonah left with? The shack. Who built the shack? Jonah. Jonah, when left, built himself a shack. God gave him comfort, took the comfort away. Jonah was left with what he built. Do we do what God wants us to do all the time? No. But how many times in our lives can we go, you know what? God, I really don't like you because I chose to do this and now I'm left with what I chose to do. <laughs> Jonah was taken off because of what? Well, God gave him comfort and took it away. Jonah was left with what he built and did for himself. Jonah's grudge. I got hurt, I'm sorry. Jonah's grudge, verse number nine. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the Lord? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. And Jonah finally answers and replies back to God. Jonah believed he had a reason to be angry, as many times we do as well. A lot of times we do have a reason to be upset, as I just kind of shared. But however, in the, the big picture, the scheme of things, as we look, we, we stop and look through the lens of Christ, we would see. That it isn't our job to condemn, it isn't our job to judge, it isn't our job to do all these things that we get angry over. It's our job to be obedient. It's our job to listen. It's our job to do what God's called us to do. It's our job to do and go where God has placed us. Instead, Jonah was, God, why? God, what are you doing? God, why are you doing this? Why would you allow these people that I hate to come back to you or to come to you? Why would you allow this? Why would you allow such and such to die? Why would you allow me to lose my job? Why would you allow this situation in my family? God, why would you allow this? God, why would you allow this? We get angry at God. All the while, here's what God did. He allowed Jonah to go back to the position that he put himself in. And God did what? God simply took away the comfort that God provides. I don't know how many times in my life I've been upset with God only because I went from comfortable to uncomfortable. Jonah went from sitting in his comfort because now he had shame and he was comfortable to no longer being comfortable. 
get upset because we no longer I have been in full-time ministry now for, I guess, right around 10, 11 years. I don't remember a time that I was uncomfortable that God wasn't growing me to become what He wanted me to be. And I remember times in my life where I was very comfortable, but there was no growth. There was no true proof, so to speak, of who God was in my life. We get angry. Last but not least is Jonah's discovery. As we look at the last few verses of, of the book of Jonah, then said the Lord, verse 10, Thou hast had pity on the Lord, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in the night and perished in the And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city? I'm not going to read that right second, but right in the second bit. We really don't know much more outside of this verse 11. Also, much pattern, end of story, we don't really know anything more about it. Here's what I do know about John. I know that he wrote this after the fact. I would like to think and study and different things. One, he wrote it after the fact that all this took place. Maybe. Something sunk in, there was a discovery, there was an understanding, he and God had this relationship, he went from not talking to him to talking to him again. God was teaching Jonah something. God was trying to reach, if you go all the way back to the beginning, to the last verse of Jonah, God was trying to reach, teach, prove himself to God is asking Jonah a tough question. Verse number 11 says, Should not I spare Nineveh that great sin? What if we lived our lives thinking that same exact question over many things in our lives? When you get upset because God is doing something, when we get all of these things, we go through many circumstances in our lives, Jonah was angry because God was sparing should not I spare Anderson? Should not I spare Whitney Ranch, Paradise, Henderson, North Vegas, Vegas, Green Valley? Here's what we do in our lives. Yeah, but if I tell my neighbors, what if my neighbors know that I go to church? Yeah, but if I let them know, should not I swear, Henderson? Yeah, but if I do, then God, I might have to. Here's what stinks. If I tell you, guess what? I have to now live it. I can't tell you. If Alan and Charlotte are my neighbors, the easiest thing for me to do is be kind and say hello when I see them, but it becomes tough when I say, hey, would you mind coming to church with me? Because now they look at me and they go, oh, that guy goes to church. Guess what that means? My life has to reflect God to them every time I see them. Ouch. Should 
not God spare my neighbors? Take that personal. I have, because there's many times I've shared this, many times I don't, there's a lot of things I don't, I'm not the most comfortable just talking to random strangers. I say this all the time. This week I made it a point to give out as many of those personal invitation cards as I can. I made it a point to text people and call people. I made it a point to do certain things. Because as I was studying and as I was looking and as I was reading this, this is maybe it's, if I'm taking this completely out of context, I apologize. But God says in verse 11, should not I spare Nineveh the great city wherein it says are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between right hand and left hand and also much cattle. That means there is over a hundred and twenty thousand children, infants, and toddlers. They could not discern between the right hand and the left hand. And Jonah was saying, God, wipe them all out. God says, time out. Don't they deserve it? Listen. Doesn't your neighbor deserve it? Doesn't your co-worker deserve it? Doesn't the spouse or the person that you dislike right now deserve it? Doesn't? Should not I spare? And what if God would have just said, you know what, Tony, you're right. They really don't deserve me. Like them all. And I don't know what would have taken place. What if Jonah would have got his What if Jonah would have learned? Maybe he never did. I don't know. But as we wrap up this, we wrap up this whole series. Should not I spare him? All because of Jonah's selfishness. He said, "No, God, don't, don't even worry about them. They're, they're bad." What if we live our lives thinking, God, if I don't tell them, that means I don't feel that they deserve it. Really, that's what happens in our lives. When I decide that my neighbor doesn't need to be invited to church, I have decided that God should not spare them. When I have decided that I can't do for Christ what Christ did for me. I decided that it's no more. God, just don't spare them. Because God has put each and every one of us in this room for a specific reason. And when you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He said, Aaron, here's the spiritual gift. Here's the gift that I have given you. Go, use it, and share it with other people. We sang a fast, fun, exciting song this morning. But it said what? It talked about if you have been alive, if you have been made new, if you have done all these things, and it says, go now sing it, share it. If you're alive and you've been redeemed, rise and sing. If you've been touched by the mercy king, rise and sing. If you were bound, but now you're free, rise and sing. Lift up a shout of victory, rise and sing. Our God is risen. He's reigning, and we're elevating the glory of our King. That is what we've been given, because we've been given that, we should shout it, we should be excited.
or selfish, just like John was. This morning, as we wrap up, we've gone through Jonah's revival, Jonah's selfishness, Jonah's second chance. We've gone through so much of Jonah. Everything that I've think, everything that I've studied, I've tried to bring it to light, I've tried to make it personal to you, to me. As we wrap up this you might say, man, I don't really like that challenge at the end of this one. That's tough, it is. I don't really, I don't know what you've taken from this whole series. There's been verses and sermons this throughout this time of salvation to really share and explain the, the understanding of Jesus Christ and how he came and said, or God sent his only son to die on the cross. There's been times where we've discussed Jonah and his running and his plea and his, today his anger. The challenge would be, as I've said, everything, I am Jonah. The more I read Jonah, the more I realized I am Jonah. I needed a second chance. I need revival in my life. I have to want revival in my life. We've went through so much this morning, and I don't know what's in you. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ is your Savior. And I, I don't, I don't know where eternity would take me. If I were to pass today, I don't know where I would go. Maybe that's your question today. Maybe you're. Just in a spot. Maybe you're angry with God. God, to be honest with you, I don't like you right now. I don't like the circumstance. Maybe you would be one of those people that would have to come forward and say, God, I'm in a position where somebody that I care about or somebody that I look at, I don't think that they deserve a second chance. My heart is broken. Maybe that's where you're at. I don't know where you are. We're going to have a personal invitation here just to say.